You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. All right, good morning. We're ready to rock and roll. I want to say hi to all the campuses. Hey, Orient Campus, give a shout out to everybody else. Say hey. Ba- all right. We, we had a phenomenal first service. Just so, so glad you're here. I'm, I'm very excited to introduce Brian Mowry. I've just, I, I have, through the journey of the last five years, I've come to a moment personally. I just want you to know, I feel like God has really answered a, a prayer that was rolling in my heart for the, for the right person to lead the overall movement of Kensington. And I want to say this actually to all the campus that are listening to Troy, which I forgot to mention Troy in the first service and the greeting, and they're all, they're all ripping on me. I'm getting, getting hate messages from friends at Troy. And, uh, but Birmingham, Clinton Township, Clarkston, Traverse City, uh, who'd I forget this time? Yeah, whatever. Okay, just send me your hate mail. Um, is all of the leaders that are leading at your campuses, people say, well, as we're voting on Brian Mowry to be the lead pastor, what about the lead pastor at our campus? Well, what about him? Nothing's changing. They're going to lead. Brian's coming in. He's taking my job, which... You guys know I, I wasn't even the face of Kensington, which I should have been. When you, when you see this, you realize we missed a great opportunity. But Brian is here to really empower all the campus teams, the lead pastors, helping Craig and Sam and Susan, the team here, credible team, unlock the potential to see movement going forward. So I'm just very, very exciting. Uh, it's a very exciting day for me, very emotional. But here's what I want to tell you. 36 years ago, last night, I think, I'm pretty sure it was last night, it was Saturday night, I played my first softball game with Faith Church of Rochester Hills, and that was the first thing I ever did with Mark Nelson and Dave Wilson. Three of us became instant friends that night. We started over the next three years dreaming of starting Kensington, and we kept we kept praying. Mark didn't want to do it because he just, he thought church was dopey, you know, even though he was a music director at Faith Church, but we finally talked him into it. After a year of recruiting, we had 17 people and it just nobody wanted to do it. I had talked to 2,000 people door to door and over 1,000 people at Faith Church and War Church where I'd come from, and it was just, people said no. They, did, they didn't see the vision of starting a church for unchurched people. Our vision was Luke 15 for the lost sheep. It's still our vision, you know, and nobody wanted to do it. But here, this is what none of you know. Uh, four or five months before we launched, Mark and Callie Nelson committed to becoming part of the core team. And the core team in 24 hours went from 17 to 42 because of Mark and Callie and in spite of me. And, but here's what I want you to know today. Mark and I, in uh, March of 89, went to Rick Warren's church, Saddleback Valley, for a church conference. It was an incredible experience. And Rick Warren shared about his discouragement in starting a church out there in California that he almost quit after two years. And at the end of their, their, the evening of their two-year celebration, he went back to their little tiny house where they were living, and he went to the office, which was in his garage. You can do that in California. And he opened the drawer, and he was ready to quit. And when he opened his drawer to get a pen to do some stuff, he saw a three-by-five card. He did not remember where it had come from or who had given it. 
in this three by five card, when he read it to Mark and to me, I can't, can't speak for Mark. I need to ask Mark about this. I've never asked him specifically, but for me, it became the promise of my lifetime. And here's what the card said to Rick. Rick picked it up and the card read, great people are waiting to help you. And in God's time and in God's way, he will bring those people into your life. And so one of the things that was so wonderful about the last 33 years is we lived as a team where nobody ever needed to take credit for anything. It was stupid if somebody was saying, oh, look what I, it was like everybody has done their part. And it's so, so like God brought all of these Hall of Fame people. I remember in the early days, no, people just did whatever needed to be done. And now 33 years later, people just do whatever needs to be done. And it's like when I look out in this room, I see people that are in my Hall of Fame. Like your people are just, that God brought you, you're still the answer to that prayer, great people. And I feel that at every campus. And so I just want you to know how much I love the privilege of having spent exactly half my life being in that journey with all of you. It's just really, really cool. And so I wanna say to you today, God's brought another great person. God's brought another great person in this journey. Brian Mowry has got a heart for the lost. Like he's, he's been leading a team ministry. He's a team collaborative leader. He leads a multi-campus church in Connecticut. And he's, he's about empowering other people. It's what I've been praying for and dreaming of. And God's given him some neat gifts. He has an incredible family that I'm excited for you to meet. But here's what I want you to know. As we go forward... Jesus has promised for your life personally to bring the right people you need at the right time. Like God's not gonna leave you in the lurch in your moments of hardship and discouragement or whatever's happening in your life. He's gonna be there to care for you and to lead you. And I think about that as I work with uh, our indigenous leaders around the world, people, men and women that are in really tough situations. And over and over, that's what I hear over and over again, God always shows up. He always does what we need. And I feel like today is one of those answers. So in light of that, I would uh, just want to remind you that a year ago, right about now, we thought we had a candidate. (laughs) And it didn't work out too well. And I actually love that guy. He's an incredible person. But it kind of all blew up in smoke. And I want to thank the elders for having the wisdom to slow us down. Instead of doing a fast cook, we decided to do a slow cook. And we entered into a lot of conversations. We didn't rush anything, we didn't try to force anything. Our executive team, made up of all of our lead pastors, have been super involved in this process of, of engaging multiple, multiple times with Brian and his family. And, um, and so here we are at a place where I think the process has been wise and healthy and good. And I'm very pleased that God has brought us to this time. So I'm going to fill you in a little bit more, Brian. But I'd like you to welcome all of you in campuses. Clap wherever you are. Welcome him up, please. <laughs> all right, man. I told you. Thanks, buddy. I told you I'd be random as I'll get out here. Come on in. So uh, I need to get this out of the way. People, people that have been around Kensington a long time, they're like, 
Are you Clint Dupin's doppelganger? <laughs> I've heard that. I don't know who this person is, but they must be a good-looking man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thinks he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes two of us. By the way, Cl- Clint's, uh, Clint's our church planter out in uh, San Ramon, California. Okay. He led our Birmingham campus for a lot of years. So Justin, you know, is leading uh, there and just doing a, doing a fabulous job. In fact, I want to I say this before I even interview you because it, I feel like I have tried to make it clear, but for people who are listening on stream are going to watch this. I, I'm just going to say it again. Andrew Kim, right now, he's sitting in the, in the room at Troy. He's our lead pastor at Troy. He's going to continue to be our lead pastor. Craig McGlasson is... He's in the back eating food. Yeah, way to be, Craig. <laughs> Craig, hey, Craig McGlasson, thanks for the support. <laughs> but Craig's going to be your He's lead right pastor here. We're a rip on him. Okay, him and Sam. And, uh, Justin, Jeremiah Roy at Clarkston. Clarkston had a fantastic Easter, yeah. which is really great. Joel Liprand, who's been just an answer to prayer, Traverse City. Just love that guy and his family, incredible. And um, Adam Karshner. Adam and uh, April just had their sixth child. Yes. Which is pretty fun. We had a wonderful getting to know them. So, so what we've asked Brian to do is come and take the job that I had for many, many years. But I feel like God's really prepared you to lead us in the complexities that I felt the last five years. I felt like I came to the end of my run. I really did. I still want to meet with people and teach and all that. But the leadership part, I felt like God was saying it's time to really hand this over. So it's so, so cool to be with you right now. So before we jump into that, you can uh, answer what, what the heck is wrong with your hand and uh, tell us about your family a little bit. Sure. I'll start with the hand. Um, for those of you who shook my hand on the way in, I apologize, but I have poison ivy. <laughs> it's not contagious, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. So... Anyway, it just looks really terrible, so I, I wrapped it up. Anyway, and um, yeah, I'm here with my family, uh, my wife Becca here, and she and I have been married 20 years. We'll be celebrating in September, which we're so excited about. And uh, she is a star, and uh, we are growing yes. in our love each and every day. It's the best. I'm serious. It's the best. And uh, I'm so thankful for her. And then we have. Well, you know what? Yeah. Paul and I have had 36 really great years of marriage. Yes. And out, out of 42, we feel like, feel like that that's was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right. I'm guessing Paula's not here right now. <laughs> no, she's not. Okay, she's she watching online, watching. though. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we have four daughters, and uh, McKenna is turning 17 in about a week. And then Nora is 15. Reese is 12, but she's turning 13 next week. And then Bria is 10 years old, and they are just. Uh, our delight. We love them so much. We're so proud of them uh, making this huge step of faith uh, to travel from Connecticut to Michigan. Uh, but each of them have heard from the Lord in their own way. And, and I can sit here and say with complete confidence that the Lord has no age limit when it comes to speaking to his children. And uh, we're just so, so pleased on how the Lord's walked with them. Continue to pray for them, though, as it is a bit of a roller coaster ride, but um, just so proud of them. Yeah, I mean, I felt that. I, I remember when uh, coming home from school at the end of sixth grade, my dad telling me that we were going to Africa to be missionaries <laughs> on the last day of sixth grade. I, I still I have that sh- shock reverberation I can feel. It ended up yeah. being the most God-used thing ever in my life. But it's, uh, I just have admired how you guys have been stepping out to embrace change and faith.
and living adventure with Jesus Christ. So a lot of people are asking, what, what, wondering what, why Kensington, you're at a place you love, with people you love, you've done an incredible job. By the way, we don't have time to talk about it today, but uh, Brian and Becca and their church have ministered to the Sandy Hook community for the last 10 years. You never, I mean, so I mean, you guys have been in the midst of some incredible things. Yeah. But you've also been open to God moving in a new way. So, what, yeah. what was it about here? Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm not running from another church. Uh, Beck and I and our family, we've been at Walnut Hill for 16 years. I know some of my Walnut Hill family is watching right now, and we love you. Um, this is the church I grew up in. But um, we sensed the, the winds of change taking place in our life. And when we heard about Kensington Church, just the mission lined so, so perfectly with us and really felt like the Lord was calling us into this. And the role, too, in the way that God has equipped me, uh, particularly for something like this, just lined up so, so great. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, but I was really drawn to your heart for the one. I want to reach people for Jesus. I want to do everything that we possibly can to reach people for Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus reached me. And I know the love of Jesus. I know the grace of Jesus. I know the power of Jesus in my life. And there's nothing better in this world. And so I just love um, this church's vision and mission to do pretty much anything uh, to reach people for Jesus. You know, as you were saying that, I've had a lot of tears in my eyes this morning as I look out. I know Mike Frank's story of how Jesus met you as the one, Bruce Potts, Jesus met you as the one. You know, all, like all of you have the story, you know when Jesus found you yeah. and realizing that what if there's a whole new generations of people that we can, yeah. we can reach, it would be amazing. Yeah. Well, as you come in to lead Kensington, a, a, a lot of people don't really understand what this role is. It's more of a CEO role mm. than anything where because they see their pastor leading their local community, and they're, well, why isn't that person, you know, what is that person doing? Well, they're leading, a, you know, Craig McGlass is leading a very powerful community here. Yes. But in the context, you're going to be leading all six powerful communities. You're going to be seeking to empower the leaders of these communities. Yeah. You're empowering our global yeah. church planting movement, our local church planting movement, our net, you know, you're going to be, you got, it's a really complex environment. Yeah. And yet, and when I thought of who to do that, I'm like, I don't know, because I reached a point where I just wasn't doing a very good job mm. of juggling all that. I'd like for you to talk about your strength finders. Sure. Because I felt yeah. like the way you're wired is exactly what mm. we have needed. Yeah. Well, first I'll just say this. It, I consider it an amazing privilege and honor to work with your leaders here. All these lead pastors are extraordinary leaders in, in their own right. And just to be able to come and see my role as a, an opportunity to encourage, to empower, to support, uh, to really pray together, to see where the Lord wants to take Kensington Church as a whole church and movement uh, together. I, I believe the Lord has some great plans for us as a community across all of these campuses and these regions to do something that will impact us, but also impact the whole globe. Um, so I come, not little tiny visions, but I believe the Lord wants to do great and big things. And so my, um, my strengths, just so you can get to know me a little bit, are, are these in, in strength finders, if you've ever done that before. But it's futuristic, 
I love dreaming about the future. Uh, my best days are ones where I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about tomorrow. The second one is strategic. And so I'm not just a dreamer, I also really like to put strategy to those dreams to help them become something. My dad always taught me, dad if you're watching, thank you for this, make a plan and work the plan. <laughs> and I love that, that advice, I've carried it with me. The third strength okay. of mine is, is developer. And um, this is what, I love seeing other people succeed and taking little steps uh, of maturity and growth and really celebrating along the way how God is the God of the process within each one of us. And then the- I, 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 yeah. just, I just wanna to speak to the developer. So the yeah. futuristic, strategic developer. I don't have any strategic and I really don't have any developer. I love people seeing succeed, but my strategy was always take them and then just throw them off a cliff. <laughs> like, like you're great, you See can that. do this. But ah! <laughs> you're actually a person, and that became a weakness here. Mm. Where, and God's brought us more and more people, but I think at this moment, we need to, someone to help us figure out what are the steps mm. towards this big vision. That's yeah. why I'm really most excited. What, yeah. what are the other two? Yeah. yeah, well, clearly, Steve, the Lord's had his favor on this church. Yeah. Thanks, no to matter. Other, thanks to other yes. people. And yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, this yeah. guy. He'll never, never take a compliment. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, okay. I'm we'll too just much move of a doofus. So. Okay, we'll just okay. move on. <laughs> so, uh, the my fourth is maximizer, mm -hmm. and I've talked to you about this before. But there's a there's a blessing and a curse to all your strengths. <laughs> the maximizer one is I'll go home later and I'll think to myself, how could I have I spoken better, right? And so just constantly thinking in that way. But the blessing of it is is how can we get better? Uh, how can we reach more people for Jesus? How can we be more of a blessing as a church community? And then the fifth one is empathy. And empathy is the gift where you're able to walk into a room and really sense how people are doing in that room. And that's been a, a tremendous gift in my leadership to be able to really see where people are, uh, that they can grow in, and um, to be able to really sense and feel how everyone is. The empathy piece was a clincher for me yeah. because in the complexity of all these minds and all these thoughts, uh, the thing that I've seen every time I'm with you and you and Becca come in the room, you just bring well-being. Mm. And I think it's that you're, you're present. Mm. So it's really, really cool. And so, I mean, people will hear you speak from time to time at, you know, Orion, some time to time at Troy, and you'll be, and they're going to love you because I've just, I've, I've grown to love your teaching too, but it's the leadership part that is, that is most powerful. Um, what is, uh, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to let, let you get the message. Here's what I want to say. I am personally really excited to follow your leadership. And um, I'm going to be behind you. And so you got one fan. So I'm voting early. Uh, on April 30th, I'm voting early and often. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm going to be stuffing the ballot box. But I really want you guys just to know that I think the that Brian is a person that can help our staff teams at all of our campuses thrive and be strong and move. And I'm very, very encouraged. So I, I wanna, that's enough for now. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for them to hear some of the things that God's been putting on your heart. I'd love to pray for you, okay? Yeah. Lord, thank you for Brian and for Becca and the girls. Just this incredible group of people have been following you. And Lord, man, I, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm just telling you when we walk with you, through the highs and lows, through the heartache and the joys that you do something miraculous. And I just, I wanna 
pray for the Maori family and for their extended families too, that this decision, even in ways they can't see now, would be an incredible blessing for all of them. And of course, be an incredible blessing for this this community. And I, I want to thank you that in the way that you fulfilled that promise through Rick Warren to me, the great people are waiting to help me. You're, you've done it again, and you're going to do it again and again. And when I look out at this room or when I'm at the other campuses, all I see is like every person you brought what, what has been a gift and has made us so much more of what we could be. And so, Lord, give us all the courage to even become more of what Brian's going to teach us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, wow. Can I just say this, that I am so humbled uh, and honored to be standing in this spot and sharing this message with, with all of you in, in each of our campuses, for those of you who are online as well. And um, I wanted to share a few things with you in the time that's remaining. The first thing I, I want to share with you is this, is I want to share with you what I think is the greatest part of Kensington Church's mission statement. And then I want to share how we can get more of it. And then third, what I want to share is a challenge with us. I think one of the things that you'll learn over the years is that I love to make things very practical. I don't want you to leave here saying, oh, that was a nice message. I want us all to leave here saying, here's what we can do to really ground our faith even deeper, to really meet with Jesus in a personal way. But let me read our, our passage that I wanted to share with you. If you wouldn't mind, would you stand with me in all of our campuses? Let's stand together as I read the word of God. And this comes out of Ephesians chapter three. I'm gonna read verses 14 through 21. And this is the apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. This is what he says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life, and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. In some of your translations, in the NIV, it's translated, may he do immeasurably more immeasurably more than you could ask or even imagine. We're gonna be spending these three weeks here, this being the first one in this series called Immeasurably More. As we talk about things that we'd like to see God do immeasurably more in us as we step into this next chapter. And first, let me just say this. The Lord has already done immeasurably more among you. God has done great things for Kensington Church. His favor has rested upon you. I'm sure the leaders in the early days and those of you who are part of the church in the early days maybe would have never asked or imagined all that has happened over these 32, almost 33 years now. And I believe the Lord has immeasurably more to do in and through us again. Here's why. 
because we serve the immeasurably more God. That's who he is. He's the God who does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. I wanna tell you what I think is the greatest part of your mission statement, Kensington Church's mission statement. You have a fantastic mission statement. I wonder how many of you could recite the mission statement. Okay, let me try. I'll, let me, I'll, I think I can because I've been interviewing for this job for months now, and I love it. I love it. There's so many great parts to your mission statement. It starts like this, to see. This is a good part of, of the mission statement because you want to see something. Uh, you don't want to just dream about something. You want something to become actual among you. And so this is, this is a good part of the vision statement, to see everyone. I love that part of the mission statement too, but it's not the best part, but I love it. I love it because all people are welcome to come to learn about Jesus Christ at Kensington Church. Every single person is welcome. Jesus welcomed everybody. We welcome everybody to come to learn and encounter and experience Jesus. He's gonna encounter you. He's gonna want you to change, but it's gonna be the greatest adventure of your whole life to see everyone. I like those two parts, but it's not the best part of your mission statement. To see everyone transformed. That's another really good part of your mission statement. We all need transformation, right? Do you need transformation? The person sitting next to you definitely does, right? That person definitely does. If you don't, the person next to you does. We all need transformation in our life. We wanna become more like Christ Jesus. This is a very good part of your mission statement, but it's not the best part to see everyone transformed and mobilized. This is another great part of your mission statement. Not the best part, but it's, it's a really good part. And here's why, because it's so amazing that God sends his people out into his world to make a difference for his kingdom, to build his kingdom. What an incredible privilege and honor that he's chosen us that same person next to you that needs transformation. He's chosen them to go and bring his gospel. What a privilege. That's a great part of your mission statement, but it's not the best part. The best part of your mission statement is a name. And it's the name above all other names. It's the name that brings life to every other part of your mission statement. To see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want immeasurably more of Jesus. This is why we are the people of God, because we know Jesus. It's why we're able to do anything for the kingdom at all, because of Jesus and the spirit of Christ Jesus within us. If you didn't have Jesus at the end of your mission statement, you would no longer be a church. If you didn't have Jesus at the end of your mission statement, you would no longer have any impact at all. It's because of Jesus. I wanna to talk to you about this Jesus and how we can have immeasurably more of Jesus in our life. There's this great story in Matthew 17. It's a story where Jesus takes Peter and James and John up a great mountain and Jesus does this after he asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers correctly. He says, ah, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus, he, he kind of he compliments him for that answer. That's, that's right. But then Jesus goes on in chapter 17 and says, well, the son of man came to, to die but three days later, he will rise from the dead. And Peter looks at Jesus, pulls him aside as if he knew something Jesus didn't know and said, hey, Jesus, this can't happen. 
Never tell Jesus it can't happen. It's gonna happen. Don't tell him that. And, and Jesus rebukes Peter in that moment. And then he takes Peter, James, and John up this high mountain. And this is the story where Jesus transfigures before them. He, he becomes brighter than the sun. And then all of a sudden, Peter, he, he looks up and he sees on, on the sides of Jesus are these heroes of the faith, Moses and Elijah. And Peter gets excited about this. He's like, wow, all in one place. We have our heroes of the faith. We have Moses. We have Elijah. Jesus is here. Let me set up a camp here. Let's just kind of camp out in this spot. Let's keep the band together right here. All of a sudden in this moment, the Lord speaks. And he says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. At the sound of God's voice, as I'm sure it would be the case for each and every one of us, the disciples fall to their faces and bow down. And it says that they were terrified. They were afraid. The voice of God spoke. And in this moment, I love what Jesus does. Because this is what Jesus does to each one of us in our fear, in our brokenness. This is what Jesus does. He goes and, and, he, and he walks towards the disciples and he touches them. And when Jesus touches the disciples, Peter, James, and John, they look up, and this is what it says in Scripture. I love this. When they looked up, they only saw Jesus. Moses and Elijah were no longer there. This was the Lord saying, I know you've got these great heroes. I know you have these people that, that you idolize in your life. You really look up to Moses and Elijah representing two different things, amazing people of God who, who led God's people. But it's all about Jesus. Listen to him. Friends, I'm so thankful to be a part of a church at Walnut Hill Community Church that focuses in on Jesus, and I'm so excited to be a part of a church here at Kensington where we continue to focus on Jesus. He is the one. He's the answer to our world's problems. He's the answer to every individual. He's the answer for a hopeless world. He's the answer to bring peace and, and healing into our broken world. Jesus is the answer. And here's what I, I want to I ask of us is that we would shout a little bit louder for Jesus in our life, that we'd cry out a little bit more for Jesus to come and, and move in our life. There's this great story in, in Mark's gospel, chapter 10. Jesus is leaving Jericho, and he's bringing his disciples with them. There's this great crowd that's developing as Jesus is walking out of Jericho, and there's this man on the side of the road who's blind, and his name is Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus kind of catches that Jesus is about to walk by this great crowd around him, and Bartimaeus sees this as his opportunity to cry out to Jesus, and he begins to shout out for Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wanted Jesus to, to touch him. He wanted Jesus to, to do something new in his life. He wanted Jesus to heal him, so he begins to cry out, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, a number of the people in the crowd went to Bartimaeus and said, hey, be quiet. Stop shouting. It's not your place. He doesn't, don't, don't distract Jesus. But here's what happens. I love this. I love Bartimaeus. I want, I want the, the, the spirit of Bartimaeus when it comes to this kind of thing. And this is what Bartimaeus does. He shouts even louder. 
How many of you in here, any of our campuses, are the kind of person when you're told not to do something, you just want to do it louder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like you guys most of the time. Sometimes it's a bit annoying, but I like you. Hey, I, I want to shout a little bit louder for Jesus. I wonder if Jesus were to pass by us right now, if he were to walk into our campuses and, and he were to just walk across the stage, how loud would you shout? Son of David. Have mercy on me. Son of David, I I need your wisdom. Son of David, I need your guidance. Son of David, be my shepherd. Son of David, forgive me. How loud would we shout? Friends, I want immeasurably more of Jesus. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50, 60 years, or you just started a relationship with him, there's always more to know of Jesus. There's always room to grow in Jesus. And so here's what I, I want to ask. How do we get more of him? How do we get more of him? If, if the greatest part of your mission statement is Jesus, how do we get more of him? How, how do we step into immeasurably more of Jesus? As I was thinking about this question, I was looking at the book of Acts, which really describes the early church. And I was looking at chapters 1, 2, and 3. And there were four things that really jumped out to me about how the early disciples and the early church grew in their faith in Jesus Christ, immeasurably more of Jesus. And these four things stuck out to me. Here's how they grew in Jesus. It happened through waiting first. In chapter one of the book of Acts, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he is telling the story of when Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, gathered his disciples around, and Jesus said this, hey, listen, I'm gonna ascend to heaven, but I'm gonna send you a gift. Don't go anywhere until you receive this gift. And so now pick up in chapter one in the book of Acts, what's happening is these disciples, they're waiting in the upper room for the spirit of God, the gift that God wanted to give them. If they had gone out before receiving this gift, they would have been able to do Nothing of impact in the name of Jesus. They waited on the Lord. Here's how we grow in Jesus Christ. Here's how we experience immeasurably more of Jesus in our life. We learn how to wait on Jesus. Now, sometimes in our waiting of Jesus, Jesus wants us to get going before we're ready. And that's a moment for us to say, I'm gonna trust you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, your plans, what you want for my life. Other times, we have plans that we want to enact and get going right now. And Jesus says, no, 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 those aren't my plans. I want you to wait here until you receive my plans. Then you go. This is how you grow in Jesus. You learn his voice. You learn his calling. And you wait on him. The second thing that I picked up on in the book of Acts is this, is that they grew through receiving In Acts chapter two, verses one through four, they waited for that gift. And in chapter two, it's the day of Pentecost when the gift of the Spirit is given. What a gift. It's the presence of Jesus himself in his people. This is why we're now called the temple of God because we carry the Spirit of God wherever we go. What a gift. How do we grow immeasurably more in in Jesus? Well, we open our hands and we say to Jesus, we're ready to receive whatever you want to give us. Jesus, we're ready to receive your spirit. We're ready to receive your mission, your plans. We're ready to receive your correction, 
your transformative work in our life, Lord, we're ready to receive from you everything that we need to take this next mountain. Third thing I noticed at the end of Acts chapter two is that the early church grew through devotion. Devotion. I love how in this passage it talks about this healthy church that was growing in number every single day. And part of the reason was because they were devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to generosity. They were devoted to fellowship with one another, being the body of Christ, befriending one another, walking in unity together. Uh, They were devoted. I often say to people that your faith isn't going to grow just by waking up in the morning. No. We need to reclaim these words, devotion, commitment, obedience. This is the grounds where faith really grows. It's when we're stepping out for Jesus in a radical way, when we're listening to him, when we're devoted, when we're in his word, when we're up early in the morning spending time with him before we spend time with anybody else. When we're devoted and committed, we grow in Jesus Christ. And this is how the early church grew. It's how they became so attractive because they had been with Jesus. And fourth and finally, they grew through action. In Acts chapter three, so this is after they received the spirit. In Acts chapter three, you see Peter and John, they're headed to go to worship. And all of a sudden at the beautiful gate, there's this man who's begging and he's unable to walk. And Peter and John, they could have just walked by that person, but instead they decided to act. They saw somebody in need and they stopped. And Peter says to this man, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have for you is way more powerful and greater than those two things. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. They put their faith in action. They stepped out. I wonder if Peter in a moment, in that moment, there was a little vulnerability of, I hope this works. (laughs) I hope this is gonna go well. But he steps out in faith and he says, not in the name of Peter, not in my expertise, not in my gifting, not in my strength, but in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. I believe in the name of Jesus, there's immeasurably more for us, friends. Here's what I imagine spending a lot of my time on when I come to Kensington Church. And I wanna invite you in it. They're, they're recommitments at this moment. And here they are. And I believe that as we recommit to these three things, we're gonna experience more of Jesus in our life. The first is this. Let's reach the one. Let's reach the one. Let's recommit to that. Let's do everything in our power to reach people for Jesus Christ. Our world needs Jesus. I know this because Jesus has changed my life and I know he can change and transform any person's life on this planet. Let's reach the one. But secondly, let's disciple the one. I love Matthew's call when Jesus calls him to be a disciple. It says this in Matthew chapter nine. It says that Jesus was walking and he saw Matthew and he approached him at Matthew's tax collector's booth. I love that. He found Matthew in the place where everyone despised him. He went out and he reached the one. But then this is what he said to Matthew, follow me. He didn't just leave Matthew where he was. He didn't just say, hey, Matthew, I like you. See you in a little while. No, he said, come, follow me. I want to disciple you. I want to show you my ways. I want you to live as my hands and feet. So let's reach the one, but let's also disciple the one. And finally, 
Let's become one together. As a family, a Kensington church family, let's become greatly united together in such a way that when people see us, they see the body of Christ. They're so attracted to who we are, our love for one another, so attracted by the fact that we are people from every age, both men and women, people of all kinds of ability and gifting, race and ethnicity, coming together to worship our one true king, Jesus Christ. I wanna challenge you in this moment, and here's the challenge. I wanna challenge you over these next 14 days to spend an hour with Jesus every day. 14 days will lead us up to April 30th, which I heard is an important moment for our church. (laughs) Well, at least for me it is. (laughs) For the next 14 days, I wanna challenge you to spend an hour with Jesus each day. Put it in your calendar. And I'd love to challenge you to ask Jesus this question as you meet with him. Jesus, what do you want to teach me about yourself today? What do you want to teach me? My family and I, we, uh, we've had the opportunity for the last eight years to go to a lake home on the Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Beautiful place. Sometime I'll take you there. I love it. It's beautiful. And and in Laconia, New Hampshire, there is this arcade. It's called Fun Spot. And they've got this big sign that says, the world's largest arcade. I don't know if that's true. They seem to like these signs because across the street at the coffee shop is a sign that says, the world's best coffee. So if you like arcades and coffee, apparently that's the place to go. And we always go there, and, and my kids, they win tickets, and then they bring their tickets up to the prize counter. And usually they win somewhere around 1,000, maybe 2,000 tickets, and they bring it to the prize counter, and then they pick from the bottom shelf the Tootsie Rolls and all the stuff that's going to break within an hour, right? That's the stuff they, in in kind of the five-ticket range area. Well, one year we went to this arcade, and all of a sudden this man came up and gave my girls all of his tickets. And when I say all of of his tickets, I mean 20,000 tickets, so my kids take this, so excited, uh, their new loot that they have, had gotten and received, this gift from the Lord. We call him our arcade angel. And, and they brought it to the prize counter, which I call the most stress-filled square footage on the planet, by the way. So God bless all the teenagers who work at the counter there, not paying attention on their phones. Thank you for all that you do there. Anyway, um, and so... They bring their tickets, 20,000 tickets, and they begin to pick from the bottom shelf. Five tickets at a time, giving away Tootsie Rolls, little leapfrog things. And I'm sitting back there going out of my mind. I'm thinking to myself, and I, I, finally I go over to them like, hey girls, you can't pick from the bottom shelf. Look up, look up, pick the giant giraffe. Pick the basketball somewhere in the 5,000 to 10,000 ticket range so we can have lunch today, please, right? Here, here's, friends, where, what I believe the Lord might be saying to us in this moment as a church. Look up. Look up. Each and every one of you, in some level, we've been picking from the, the bottom shelf. There's so much more of Jesus to experience to understand, to know, to encounter, and he's inviting you to look up. Look up, come, know me. Invite me to be your immeasurably more God. Invite me 
to be more present in your life. And so friends, I pray that over these next 14 days as as you deliberately and intentionally put it in your calendar and spend time with Jesus, that he'd reveal himself to you in new ways, that you'd get ready for this next chapter in a sense by meeting with Jesus. And so friends, it's been such a great honor to come and preach to you today. I hope that you've heard my heart. This is what this is all about. It's not about me at all. It's about Jesus. It's about making him famous. It's about building his kingdom. And he's got a lot more work to do in and through us. Not only to affect our own lives in us, but also through us and for us in our communities. And so at this point, I'm gonna hand it off to our lead pastors. So thankful for each one of them. I'm so excited to work with each of our lead pastors. As Steve said, they're not going anywhere. You better not go anywhere. <laughs> I need you. And so I'm so excited to walk with each of them and, uh, and see what the Lord might do in and through us. So I'm gonna hand it off uh, to each of our lead pastors. So you look, you look really thirsty to me. <laughs> What's going on here? Actually, I didn't, I didn't plan to do this, but I feel like I need to redeem myself a little bit after Andrews threw me under the bus earlier for not being in the room. I was actually in the back of the room where I was waiting for a Starbucks order that uh, I had placed for the Maui girls, and it just took forever to get here. I had hoped to do this early on in the day during worship when it would be much more discreet, but uh, Starbucks had an hour delivery time, so... Just to be clear, I was here. Just wanted to straighten that up. So, no, I'm not high-fiving you for that. No, keep keep it. (laughs) Does this happen every week, Craig? Is this what's that? The Starbucks delivery. The Starbucks delivery system. They didn't tell you. That's a part of your package. Yeah, Yeah. nice. um, I I just want to say thank you. I think um, you know both services. I think one of the feelings I had, and I've heard from so many people. It's just, if you've been with us, you know that there has been a sense of pause. Mm. Um, We've still seen God do incredible things. We have been moving, but there's been a lot of time and attention given to to this role. And and as a result of that, I feel like there's just been a sense of, we hit the pause button in many ways, but we're ready to hit play. And I think we've been ready for a long time. And the the sense I feel, the sense I'm getting from, from people as we just talk, is that today it feels like, all right, our finger is on the play button yeah. and we're about to Praise hit it God. again. Praise God. So I'm excited. I know all of our campus leads are, all of our team is to, to work together and yeah. to press God. play and to move into the future with each other. Awesome. So Thank thanks, you. man. Thanks, buddy. Yes. Thank you. So just a couple of details to let you know about uh, in terms of where we go from here and the process over the next few weeks. Um, one of which is the fact that on the 26th of this month, there is gonna be uh, a gathering at our Troy campus. It is a registered gathering. Uh, that helps us accommodate for the event and the seating and several other things that we're gonna do there. Uh, so we need you to register for this, but uh, we'd love to have you come out to our Troy campus. It is gonna be a different venue than today. So if you're like, well, I was here today and we're the campus, it was live. Again, this is gonna be different. We're gonna have different people on the stage hosting with Brian. Uh, more questions to help him kind of talk through his leadership and some of the ideas that he has, his experience that he's had at uh, Walnut Hill where he's coming from. So that's gonna be, again, just another opportunity to peel back the layers, get to know Brian a little bit more, for him to even get to know us a little bit more. So we'd love to have you come out on the 26th at our Troy campus. Uh, Also, just a reminder that on the 30th is when we have the vote. 
And I, I would just encourage you, if, if you have to move something out of your calendar that's movable, move it to be here that day. If there's a conflict that you can move, unconflict the conflict. This is such a big moment for us. This is, this is maybe one of the biggest moments we've had. We're together as a community, we're gonna voice our opinion, our thought, our sense of what God is doing towards the future and towards Brian Maury stepping into this position. And I just think it's, a, I think it's not just critical, I think it's gonna be a don't miss kind of moment for us to do it together. It's gonna happen at every service, at every campus throughout the day, so you're gonna have a chance whether you're online or whether you're here in person, but I just encourage you, if you can be here in that moment with us, then that's gonna be an important moment, kind of a stake in the ground moment for us as a community and as a church. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.